To begin, I'd like to start with a bit, haha, of information about Bitcoin. This is from the economist Mark Blythe. Whatever else. Uh, let's see. Bitcoin. We didn't talk about that. That's a good one. If you got an early, fantastic. God love you. But what you've got is a $400 million asset class where essentially Chinese gamblers, uh, smugglers, and rich people who used to invest in unicorns in Silicon Valley but got bored with that have decided to buy a prestige asset. The more of them that buy it because it's in limited supply, the more the price goes up and it goes up and up and up and it's incredibly volatile. So here's my line on Bitcoin. Is it money? Number one, if you have to explain to someone that it's money it's not money number two is it a store of value no it's too volatile is it a unit of exchange no because everybody's hoarding it because they expect the value to go up right is it a unit of account oh maybe if you're like living in a basement and read dx files all the time but normal people use dollars so this is a bunch of rich people buying and selling stuff that's all it is but what about blockchain the technology behind it i've been hearing this for 10 years i'm waiting to see the results and it'll still be the same in 2018. So that answers some of the previous comments about Bitcoin. It is more like a stock than a unit of exchange. Now on to our featured story, how the elites plan to stop the mother of all bubbles from bursting. They will throw everything at it to keep it inflated. This is far from over. This again is by Concoda, and I urge you to follow Concoda on medium.com. At the conclusion of this story, I'll read, Behind closed doors, the US is quietly backing a replacement global currency. This also is from Medium and by Tim Denning. The US dollar reset has been triggered by a global currency called SDR. This topic isn't covered in mainstream media. So this is how the elites plan to stop the mother of all bubbles from bursting. A year ago, if somebody told us we'd witness a global pandemic, a civilian lockdown, plus the following annihilation of our purchasing power and a bailout of Wall Street, we'd expect society not to be as calm as it is now. Even with the killings of George Floyd and Walter Wallace, plus the capital storming, the status quo hasn't changed. Once again, we have failed to overstep the boundary from order to chaos, reinforcing the belief that the latest cycle is here to stay, that the system is unbreakable, and that nobody has any idea how to see beyond it. But we must not fool ourselves. We know this is inaccurate. No power throughout history has managed to bend economic gravity to their will forever. At some inconceivable moment, the elites will have to deal with the unintended consequences of the past cycle. They will no longer be able to use the same psychological, financial, and social tricks to maintain the status quo. As with the fall of many empires, like Rome and Mesopotamia, what worked in the past eventually fails. Right now, maintaining the status quo means creating modern but also batshit economic policies. We're in a crazy scenario where every traditional monetary and fiscal tool has become ineffective. These only act as psychological tricks to convince us the authorities have control over the banks while the opposite is true. Fed officials can't even define money, but that's what you get when you back your currency with nothing. Instead, their new role is to support the massive house of cards that the financial aristocracy has constructed over the past half century. When it comes crashing down, will it end in a societal breakdown? Doubtful. In a somewhat post-war world, we've become more of a civilized society. We don't want to face returning to the chaos and horror of 20th century wartime. Instead, we may scrap tired institutions. Abolishing central banks, the global finance cartels that bankrolled both world wars, will create more peace, prosperity, and equality in society. 
Leading monetary thinkers such as Stephanie Kelton will help shape and implement New Age policies that define the next monetary era. And if that fails, crypto or gold or a combination of the two may come to the rescue. So I'll break in here and say that this is a pretty optimistic outlook. And that goes along with the previous article about Bitcoin. Apparently, we have other ways of ending the current regime without necessarily putting blood in the streets. What may be possible is a democratic financial coup. On with the show. But before any of this happens, we'll have to witness the dismantling of the status quo, the collapse of the legacy system, which could take decades. The people in power will not let economic gravity win without a fight. They will not stand by and let the financial house of cards collapse on their watch for their reputation is paramount. Behind the scenes, they know when the next crisis hits, once again, they will have to prop up the monstrous bubble of everything by neutralizing any emerging threat. The next part I admit is pretty dry and it's about interest rates rising too far too fast. I'm going to skip forward and assume that if you want to read this and find out for yourselves what's going on, you will. The eventual point is that the Fed won't be able to do anything after a while. And when that happens, the elites will have to get a little more creative. Perpetual bonds provide them with an effective solution. As the buyer gets paid interest indefinitely, but at a low fixed rate, the U.S. could pay lenders close to 0% if they take the bait. Once the Fed issues these instruments, other central banks around the world will likely follow suit. Recently, financier George Soros, the guy who broke the British pound, ironically advised the Bank of England to implement a perpetual bond. Issuing them in a climate where interest rates could hardly fall any lower has the advantage of locking in the current rates in perpetuity. Unless inflation gets out of hand, this is a go-to policy to help kick the can down the road. And I'll break in and say that's what's been going on for decades. Almost a year ago, I featured two German economists who were talking about this colossal bubble that's going to burst eventually. In their view, we won't be able to kick the can down the road forever. Next, the author rules out a debt jubilee. I hadn't even thought of that. And they could also devise a semi-futuristic bailout program which could bypass all the pain of a debt jubilee. Over the past half century, we have moved from analog to electronic money, but now with the mainstream starting to adopt blockchain, we're in the early innings of a financial revolution, which we've said before, transitioning from electronic to digital money. In a crisis, it's highly likely the majority will embrace the elite's replacement for the US dollar, so why not offer a modern currency, one that will persuade them not to rebel and flee to other new age systems gaining market share like DeFi? What is DeFi, you may ask? DeFi is short for Decentralized Finance, an umbrella term for a variety of financial applications in cryptocurrency or blockchain geared toward disrupting financial intermediaries. In short, it's a decentralized system. And from the comments on this channel, I've seen that a lot of you really are in support of decentralized systems and solutions. Going on, the masses have yet to embrace crypto. A Smirconish survey reveals only 14% would buy Bitcoin. Over time, however, they will realize the crypto movement is more than just Bitcoin and its price going up. With a Chase Bank account yielding 0.01% interest and our savings losing roughly 9% purchasing power each year to inflation, gradually we'll grow wise. If we park our savings in the DeFi, decentralized finance space, we receive up to 40% interest on some platforms. That's four times the average annual return of the S&P 500, and the network compounds interest daily, not monthly. 
lose all of our purchasing power over our working life, or have a modest chance of turning our savings into a decent retirement. For an ever-growing number of people, this is worth a new set of risks. This small exodus from the legacy system does not mean it's game over for the elites. If they recreate DeFi, as the DeFi movement did with their system, but add centralized functionality, they could convince the masses to transition to a new paradigm and claim it's merely an upgrade. That sounds like what the liberals would do. We're switching over to the New Age Monetary Protocol. Download the app. Here are your new tokens. They simply switch us over to the new order, either globally using SDRs or locally using a truly digital US dollar and bingo. They have preserved the status quo and the legacy order becomes the new order in a futuristic camouflage. Easier said than done, of course. This is me. I'm guessing that they'll try a truly digital US dollar and not call it something new. I think that would make it easier to pull the wool over our eyes. Whatever path the elites do take, we must also recognize that tomorrow is uncertain and unpredictable. Future technologies could change the state of play, rendering every mechanism presented here worthless or supreme. Every time economists and market commentators, including this author, think the elites have run out of tools and firepower, they come up with new ones. These, though unconventional at the time, become the new norm, like quantitative easing and large-scale asset purchases. Money printing verging on currency Armageddon disguised with boring jargon. Upon the elites implementing these radical new measures, perpetual bonds, modern monetary theory, even central bank cryptocurrencies, just as it looks like they're on the brink of losing power, control, and authority, they will again somehow maintain the status quo, propping up the legacy system with yet another monetary invention, one that none of us can perhaps fathom until the situation presents itself. It makes you wonder how many rounds of the great moderation will people take before enough is enough, before order finally turns into chaos, before we challenge the status quo more than simply posting on social media or ranting on this YouTube channel. Well, we have to remember that with the system showing incredible resilience over the past few decades, maybe the bubble has only just started expanding. If so, it's time to prepare for another Roaring Twenties, except this time, by the end, the only thing roaring will be most of us as we try to locate the nearest available exit. In other words, dear viewers and listeners, this bubble isn't going to help regular people. We've already seen the exodus of wealth up to the top 0.01%, so if we have another Roaring Twenties period, that money is going to go straight to the very tippy top. And now we turn to, behind closed doors, the U.S. is quietly backing a replacement global currency. The U.S. dollar reset has been triggered by a global currency called SDR. This topic isn't covered in mainstream media, by Tim Denning. Says Tim, this is perhaps the most important personal finance article I've ever written. This information is not featured in mainstream media, but it is easy to Google if you know what to search. Or you could use DuckDuckGo. I will link to all the legitimate sources so you understand this change and explain it in simple terms so you don't get lost in finance jargon. And we appreciate that, don't we? This change is important because when the US dollar and other currencies face a reset, it becomes a game between those who knew and those who didn't. Many will lose a lot financially when the game of printing money out of thin air eventually comes to a logical conclusion. For the crypto haters, the replacement global currency is not a cryptocurrency. The replacement global currency is an old favorite. It's called SDR, Special Drawing Rights. What is SDR? 
SDR is an artificial global currency created by the International Monetary Fund. SDR was developed in the late 1960s by the IMF, International Monetary Fund. At this point in history, the IMF was afraid of a dollar crisis. The U.S. originally promised the dollar would be good as gold. In 1971, President Nixon announced that dollars could no longer be exchanged for physical gold. This meant the dollar was now backed by nothing. This situation created the dollar crisis, hence the IMF's fear. The IMF originally created SDR as a successor for the U.S. dollar. The currency never took off. Until recently, only $200 billion in SDR has been created in the last 50 to 60 years. SDR became a sleeping giant waiting for a moment in history to be awoken. 2008 was nearly the moment, but not quite. After the 2008 recession, China and the United Nations hoped the IMF would use SDR to help solve the world's financial problems. China became the cheerleader for SDR. It was a false hope. It didn't happen. 2013 saw a possible chance, then silence. Greece had a debt crisis. The European Union and the IMF came in and saved the day with a bailout. SDR was used lightly to help Greece. 2016 was not the right time either. The previous U.S. administration didn't want to have anything to do with SDR. The previous U.S. administration hated SDR because of their public distaste for China. Also, SDR means that the U.S. dollar could be replaced as the world's most powerful currency and the global reserve currency that many countries trade with each other in. Lesson from history, when SDR becomes a hot topic, it's a warning sign of the financial system having issues. SDR has been waiting for its time to shine. This is the moment. Countries are asking the IMF for financial support due to the aftermath of the health crisis. The IMF has only $1 trillion of assets available. Enter SDR. Dun, dun, dun. With a different administration in power in the U.S., the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen got behind SDR in a letter she wrote to the IMF. By supporting SDR, Janet is showing alignment with China. As a result, the size of all SDR ever created is about to be tripled. Even the U.S. Congress favors a $3 trillion allocation to SDR. That's on top of the trillions of dollars the U.S. has already created out of thin air. Oh, and it's been reported the U.S. has another $4 trillion on the way. One side effect of the pandemic is that the IMF's accounting unit is advancing beyond its status as an arcane currency basket and could become an essential part of a future monetary reset. And when I hear the word reset, I hear the word new world order. That's one word. That's three words. And in my head is always ringing the other word, revolution. So what this means, if you're a New World Order conspiracy theorist, is that the IMF can now create their own global currency out of thin air. And who suffers because of SDR? Nobody on the surface. That's why it's pure genius. But what it does is create more government-issued currency out of thin air. SDR is a new layer built on top of a basket of other currencies. U.S. dollars, euros, RMB, yen, pounds, etc. More SDR means more of these five major currencies will be created out of thin air. The value of the world's currencies issued by countries will continue to be devalued over time at a faster rate. The price of assets like stocks and real estate will continue to rise. Ah, so this contributes to the bubble that the other article mentioned. 
So if you have a country's currency in your bank account or own assets like stocks, this SDR global currency affects you greatly. Read that again. If you have a country's currency in your bank account or own assets like stocks, this SDR global currency affects you greatly. Why bother with SDR then? SDR is brilliant because it devalues and debases the world's major currencies, but in an indirect way. An indirect approach allows the process to be relatively hidden from the citizens of the world. That's us. People like you and I feel we are getting richer, so we're happy, but in reality, the value of our money is decreasing quietly, and most people will never realize it. This is the genius of SDR. What could SDR be used for? SDR could be used to price gold, commodities, debt, or even cryptocurrency. What are insiders and smart money doing about SDR? I always look at the insiders and smart money. William Middlecoop sums it up beautifully. Smart money and insiders are leaving paper assets, stocks, bonds, ETFs, paper, gold, gold you can't touch. Smart money and insiders are buying hard assets, physical gold, silver, Bitcoin, land, real estate, and commodities. So here's the key takeaway. Now you know what SDR is. You understand the history behind SDR and the moments in history when SDR attempted to disrupt the financial system. You understand the problems with it. You know why it is being used. You understand the support for SDR. And if you're a raging leftist and you're a populist, you're going to see what's about to happen. Who is this going to help people? Is this going to help people? No, it's going to help the elites. And it's going to help their suck-up cronies who voted for Elizabeth Warren. Oh, and Joe Biden, of course. A global currency like SDR is needed to extend the ability for governments to print money out of thin air. The U.S. dollar has a lot of power. It seems impractical in the future that the majority of global trade will be done with one country's currency. It's unfair and the system wasn't designed for it. The call for another Bretton Woods moment by the IMF and the revival of SDR are signs of a global financial reset. Stocks can't go up forever by creating money out of thin air, so you feel you're getting richer when you're not. SDR is a reset of all currencies. That's the bottom line. Grab your popcorn, watch the history of money change before your eyes, and understand the power of hard assets and why you need to own them so you don't have the money you have worked hard for to be devalued quietly behind closed doors using the revival of the SDR global currency. So let's review. Smart money and insiders are buying hard assets, physical gold and silver, Bitcoin, land, real estate, and commodities. So I agree we need to get our popcorn and we need to put on our seatbelts and we need to keep our heads in the game. As Stephanie Kelton and other modern monetary theorists know, money is going to be the very root of everything going forward in terms of politics. If we don't understand how the money works, we're not going to understand how the elites are giving us the shaft again.